Alrighty, we're back for another exciting edition of Cloverleaf Radio. I'm the host of the most, the king of the quarantine, Jimmy Falcon, and it is an absolute honor to welcome Terry McMinn to the show. How are you, Terry? Hi, good, Ian. Thank you. Man, it's been so long since Texas chainsawed you. Can you still believe it's uh, it's it was a real thing? It really happened. <laughs> Such an amazing movie. Well, I didn't come out until 35 years later, and um, so yes, now it does because I've been out since then and talked about it a lot, and um, have fond memories. And you know, it, it was it was a lot of different things. Well, how did you become involved with uh, what became such an iconic uh, horror franchise? Um, at the time that I was doing it, um, I had been uh, enrolled at St. Edwards University in Austin, and I was doing plays with them. And um, I was working part-time. Uh, I'd been waiting tables at this place for over a year, and, you know, it was a good gig, so I could go to school and make money. And um, I got a, a message from the director of the theater, and he said that some people were doing a horror movie, a local horror movie. They'd seen my picture in the American Statesman, and um, they wanted me to, uh, they wanted to see me about doing a part in their movie, and so uh, that's what started it. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, it seems like right place, right time. What? It kind of seems like right place, right time. I guess so. I mean, you know, it was a non-union, which at that time was you know, you just don't do non-union. Right. It's nothing like Indie Spirit Awards or, you know, it was all uh, that way. And I was a pretty serious actress, you know. I, I really thought I would be acting, you know, forever. So I, it wasn't at the top of my list to do a non-union horror movie. Horror at that time was not really... A respected genre. It was like a, a step above um, softcore porn, you know? <laughs> and so um, it's hard to realize that now because it's a genre. But Chainsaw was the beginning of that, you know, that making it what it was. It put Texas on the map for sure. Oh, definitely. And, um, so after I auditioned, I still was thinking, oh, what am I going to do? You know, I wasn't really sure. And a friend of mine said, ah, Terry, go ahead, do it. You know, just call him back and tell him you'd like to do it. So I did. I called Kim Hinkle and I said, hi, Kim. It's Terry McMahon and I'd really like to do your movie. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, came in for another reading but on that reading they wanted me to wear short shorts and so I put on my little white short shorts and a little peachy pink top and I got on my bicycle and I rode over to the apartment where actually John 
Dugan and uh, Lou Perryman were sharing it. And because John had come in from Chicago, he was Kim's brother-in-law at that time. Mm -hmm. And um, so they were sharing the apartment and that's where they did the audition in Austin. I've known John about three or four years. He came on the show the other day. He's a great guy. New Jersey? Oh, I said John. I've known John for three or four years. He came on the show the other day. He's a great guy. Oh, he came on the show. I thought you said you saw him on the show. Yeah, good, good. All right. I like it when uh, when conventions can have more than one cast member from a film or TV show. It'll be cool if both of you guys are going to be at Dark History Con this year. Yeah, um, I think it was he and um, Ed, Ed Neal was there. And I'm not sure, maybe Alan was there too in New Jersey. I think they were all there together. And John and I will be in Fort Wayne, Indiana, DeadCon, um, the 16th and the 17th. Very cool. Yeah. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me. I was curious uh, what it all entails to be a leg and uh, leg or hand and foot model. <laughs> I did. It seems I interesting. Did. When I moved to New York, a friend of mine was a hand model and introduced me to her agent. And um, she, she uh, my friend said it was okay if I wanted to do the leg and foot modeling, but, you know, not the hand modeling because, you know, it's a small market and, so she didn't want the competition, so I said, no problem, I'll just do the leg and foot modeling. So I did some of that, and it was interesting, kind of, you know, parts modeling is what it's called. So, um, so you have to be really careful, no bruises, you know, can't walk in your heels to uh, go sees. It was really different back then, you know, nothing was on computer, you were walking your headshots around and killing mm. your feet. It was a whole different, a whole different world. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was. It's, it amazes me, not even being in the industry, but just seeing the changes, you know, over the years and the, the quality coming up with uh, the video itself and then, uh, you know, props and CGI and computer this and prop that. It's just, it's amazing. Well, it opened up when they started doing um, cable channels. You know, there, it, 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 it multiplied the jobs exponentially for everybody. So, you know, that was just about when I was leaving the business. So in the, in the late 80s, I was, you know, pretty much deciding on doing other things. So, but it's, it's changed a lot for sure. And it's, right now because you can just you know you can get tape on yourself or you can um you can uh send your pictures over the internet you know you don't have to sit around all day and lick stamps and make out envelopes it was quite a challenging time for actors i bet 
Well, that's kind of interesting you brought up leaving because I was curious uh, what made you leave the industry, why you decided to come back, and, uh, you know, what some of the differences were uh, in round two versus when you originally were being an actress. Um, well, you know, when you get to be 30, which is, I was a little over 30 when I finally started becoming famous, took at least 10 years it was banned across the world banned for 10 years and wow. all you know Italy France Sweden uh, it was just banned it was banned for 25 years in England it was banned until 2013 in Germany but I think it's just because they overlooked it you know but it was it was black marketed you know everywhere but um just in the beginning, like around 80, it was just sort of catching on. It was getting a, a following. And uh, they did an article in the LA Chronicle and they called and asked if I would do an interview. So that was kind of interesting because, you know, I hadn't thought of it. But back then, you know, before cable, really, the jobs were just so much fewer than, you know, whatever. And I um, kind of had always been good in business. And so I decided when I was in LA that I would do flowers and plants. And so I had a plant maintenance business. And then I started a flower business. And I had a flower stand at the Canyon Country Market where everybody goes. It's, if you cross Laurel Canyon to get in the valley from Hollywood, um, the the Canyon Country Store is right there, so I had a flower business, and you know, it was doing pretty well. And it just, you know, it takes up a lot of your time with you when you're running your own business. So I was doing like um, friends and I would uh, get together and do plays, uh, equity waiver plays, so that you know people could see it. So I was still dipping into it a bit, but. Um, but that's how I got, you know, into doing other things. Yeah, I'm sure that, you know, you do anything for, I, I know certain things, but acting's probably like a lot of things. You do it for so long, you kind of want to open the doors and see what else you can get out and do. Well, you know, there's a lot of waiting on the phone to ring. Right. And um, as the years go by, you know, you just find other things in life that, interest you and fulfill you if you're looking so um you know i did that and i was in la that time i moved from texas i moved from austin right after we finished the film i moved to dallas and i did dinner theater waited tables then in 75 um i moved out to la and um it was a whole different world, you know. I immediately got a waiting job, and um, but you're always, you know, we need some pictures, you know, because they're always giving their photographers business, and so you're always getting portfolio shots and all that kind of stuff. So it was, it was getting old after a while, and um, so when I moved to New York. Um, I was managing a restaurant on the Upper West Side and doing the foot, leg and foot modeling. And um, 
So I did that the first couple of years, and then I worked for different florists in New York, learned a lot. And um, then I headed back to Texas, and I became the catering director for all the on the borders in Dallas, which is the original city, and um, made them a bunch of money. <laughs> and then they decided not to give me my commissions when I made them a half a million in one year. <laughs> off the, you know, we would take the food from off peak time, so it was like a half million dollars. It was on and off property catering. And um, so when they decided not to, you know, they were just jerks. So they didn't mm. want to pay me my commission. I said, well, mm. gee, I'm going to have to leave. Right. <laughs> so I moved to Austin and started my flower business and ran that for 13 years. Oh, it was wow. great. Great fun. My mom would love that. She, oh my God, she's got probably two hundred plant, two hundred pound plants at our house, and uh, she was a master gardener for twenty years. Oh wow, fun! Yeah, we have so many plants; it's ridiculous. And being that we live in Illinois, in about a month, we're gonna have to haul them all in the house. Yeah, yeah, you can't leave frozen. them out in that cold; they'll yeah. just freeze to death. Yeah. Keeping plants alive is fun if the weather permits, you know. So it's good. Yeah, mom loves it. They're her Great. babies. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, being that you've done so many can probably wonderful conventions over the years, I'm sure you signed a lot of meat hooks and etc. But what would be the weirdest thing that you've I've been asked to autograph? Hmm. Well, I've certainly autographed a lot of people who've had. Pam tattoos, you oh, know, wow. Pam and Leatherface, Pam tattoos. So I guess those are pretty unique. Um, but, you know, sometimes you'll get, like, dealers that come through and want you to sign 50 items or 75 items. Like, right now I'm in the middle of doing one where the guys, I think it's about 75 signatures. So it's kind wow. of interesting and fun. And... Um, so that's what I'm doing right now. In fact, I have, uh, I need to get a, a picture out. I ordered it and I just, you know, I, I, um, I couldn't get it out yesterday for reasons unknown, hmm. <laughs> but I'll get it out tomorrow. <laughs> but I, you know, I get those kind of orders. I run Pam's page for her. I made her get her own page, and uh, <coughs> um, but I've been like in the last month or so not really on Facebook very much. You know, just decided to take a hiatus. I don't blame you. It's just it's just mostly crap, anyways, and drama. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, they're going so many changes right now. Um, it's just so weird with all their algorithms oh, and yeah. all that stuff. So I've just decided it's okay. I can take a little break, but it's fun because I, um, I do meet a lot of people. But now I try and get people to just go to Pam's page, and um, and so they do that. Yeah, I'm sure so, it's not easy balancing uh, an acting career and a personal life and Facebook and all that jazz. Facebook can be like work after a while, you know. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, I just didn't want to spend that much time on it. I'm doing other things that I really enjoy doing. I like to read, so been doing that, and um, I love watching documentaries. Oh, me too. Uh, do you? Yeah. yeah. They're my favorite. I don't know how many serial killer documentaries I've watched over the years. <laughs> I used to read those a lot, but now I'm just into all kinds of documentaries. Like, you know, Netflix has a bunch, and mm-hmm. Prime has a lot, so um, I exhaust those and then hope they'll add more soon. You know, I really, that's my thing. <laughs> nice. Very cool. Well, we have Dark History Con coming up in a couple weeks that you're going to be at. Besides that, what does the future hold for you, Terry? It was awesome talking with you, darling. Um, well, I'm probably going to do a few more shows this year. I wasn't, obviously, because of COVID. I stayed really locked away. Um, and so it was interesting. I left town to go to Salt Lake City to meet a friend last week and I uh, went to see the Doobie Brothers, Michael McDonald and the Doobie Brothers. Interesting. There. So that was great. And I, I was, it was right before the show, and everybody was just kind of sitting around. And I said to all the people around us, I said, Have you ever seen so many old hippies in your life? No. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. So. Um, I, I would have loved to have seen the Doobie Brothers. That's probably awesome. Yeah, it it is. I love Michael McDonald. I just think oh, he's yeah. great, and the, and the Doobies are such. They're just so wonderful as musicians. I mean, they play lots of different instruments, and um, they're just they're so they're really great musicians, you know. And so it was. It's nice. Um, I I had heard that Michael McDonald had canceled a number of shows, so. People need to be aware that, you know, for some reason, I don't know if he maybe had COVID or something, mm. you know, and had to be in uh, lockdown. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I think, you know, I think we would have, I mean, I can't imagine going and Michael McDonald not being there. It'd be like, are you kidding me? No. <laughs> <laughs> Look, lucky doobies, but, you know. <laughs> because every time he would do a song, the audience would just light up like the Christmas tree, you know. And um, so, I don't know what that's all about. But good talking to you. Are you going to be at the, the Champaign, Illinois Of show? course. Yeah, it's only about 40 minutes from me. So, I've been going since 2015 and helping Brian where I can. And absolutely, can't wait for it. Good. What's Brian's last name? Ward. W-A-R-D. Oh, okay. Very good. Well, good, then I'll get to meet you. Yes, it will be wonderful to see you. And where, uh, before we go, where can everyone find the, the Pam page on Facebook? Um, it's called Pam, the original chainsaw gal. Yeah, nice ring to it. Yeah, well, you know, it was when they started coming out with the other films. Mm-hmm. And I figured, well, I'm the original Pam, so I better put it out there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Can't blame you. So once I did that, um, you know, it it was good because 
Uh, people would, you know, like to send me headless torsos and all kinds of things <laughs> to post on my page. And I said, you know, this is, I really want to get horror off of my personal right. page. And so that's what I did. <laughs> but anyway, it's, uh, it's all good. And I just roll with it and have a great time. Fans are so fun and so nice. So going to be, awesome. it's fun, this will be my first show in a couple of years. Well, I think it will be memorable for you, everybody's always really nice, and uh, Champagne's got its fair share of stuff to do and places to eat, so I think you'll enjoy it. I'm looking forward to it, yeah, it's going to be fun. This is funny, though, when I flew um, to Salt Lake City last week, they, they closed down what they had a super shuttle, which was great. You know, they'd pick you up, and for 22 bucks, you'd go out you know, the airport's about 15 miles from me. Mm-hmm. And um, so I called and they said, oh, no, Super Shuttle closed. Uh, you want to go to the airport, huh? Okay, well, I can get you a, a it's a $100 either way, round trip, 200 bucks to go 14.6 miles. <laughs> I love how it's $100 both ways or 200 round trip. Like, they're giving you some yeah. kind of deal. Yeah. I said, you know, that's what it's costing me round trip to go to Salt Lake City on an airplane. <laughs> and you guys are out of your mind. Oh, crap. I think I'm going to give you $200. I, I, I don't know where you live, Terry, but I would be almost willing to drive out and take you myself because that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm having lunch with Kim tomorrow, and I'm going to ask him, hey, you, have you got any better ends on getting to the airport <laughs> blew my mind you know it was a it was an education Ian it was I an bet. education <laughs> we seem to have those all the time huh we seem to have those all the time in life yeah yeah I just said well you know it'll be good when we can all get in the same thing and you know we don't have to worry about catching a virus right <laughs> those will be good days absolutely <laughs> thank you so much terry and uh we'll see you in a couple weeks enjoy the rest of your uh, evening all right ian you too have a great evening and i'll see you very soon sounds good thanks a lot okay thanks mm-hmm. bye-bye bye-bye Alrighty, guys, big thanks to Terry McMinn. I've been shoving it down your throats for months now, but Dark History and Horror Con, October 23rd, 2021, at the iHotel Conference Center in, hot- uh, in Hotel. It's in a hotel uh, in Champaign, Illinois. Uh, you can find more info at Dark History and Horror Con on Facebook, and I think there may be some other links to, to be found there. We're going to be back Wednesday with uh, Kent Abril, for who uh, I had to reschedule... Um, Last time and time before they had to reschedule, but our first for episode one of our Memories of Ted's Warehouse podcast. Ken's a drummer. It's gonna be nice talking with him. And uh, packed month for me. Gonna be a good one. Got Dark History Con. Gonna pick up Corin Nemec Parker Lewis from the airport for the show. Got uh, covered Bridge Festival this weekend. Uh, next week I'm going to Indianapolis. So uh, packed full of fun. Alrighty, guys, we'll, we'll see you on Wednesday with Kent, Kent Aberle. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great night.